0: Hi, this is Christopher Framberg and I'm one of the pastors in SOS Church Stockholm. We are an international Pentecostal church on Kungsholmen with celebrations in both English and Swedish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations that are living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus i wanted to start with, with with just telling you a story before i i start this message um, you know we we are a multicultural church so you meet people from all all over the world in this church and, and when you meet people from different cultures you can see that we have different strengths uh, i've been working with a bible school here for many years and and like the swiss people they will always be on time They create the watches down there and are always on time except Roma have been late two times. Uh, and Danik that is sitting down here, he's been late also two times when he been lost, thing, lost his wallet. But all other Swiss people have always been, in, I don't want to mention any name, but, but what can I do? All other people from Switzerland have always been on time. Then you have to have Americans, and in America, they have, they have a lot of good food. A lot of fat, good food, you know, pizza, ham, they have their strength, oh, everyone has their strength. Uh, and then we come to the Latinos, and I want to speak about the Latinos, they are like, really good at dancing they, they are like yeah dance dancing uh, uh, I'm speaking about this because once I was newly married it was seven years ago I was going on a mission trip to India and I had two Latinos uh, organizing this trip and I know that we were good at dancing but I didn't know about organization and planning so I went on this trip not really knowing what to, to expect uh, it was one gay not gay guy he is not gay, he's married, he has a lot of kids, he's a guy. His name is Carlos. Um, <laughs> his name is Carlos and then Jorge Santos that is part of this church, uh, a, a wonderful gentleman. Um, they have been, they've been planning this trip. First part was the flight. Uh, they've been choosing the flight through R- Russia. And Russia also have their strengths, but I, I don't think their airport and that flight was part of their strength. It wasn't so good. But then I came down to India and Jorge had been, been uh, ordering the hotel and the hotel was so nice. You know? it, was, it was really a nice hotel. So good food. Everything was so good with that hotel. We were eating so much every meal. And my friend Carlos, you know, it was a buffet, so you could always go and pick whatever you wanted. But he realized that there were so servant in india that he didn't even know need to go and take food from the buffet he was just waving to the to the people working there and he, and they came and gave him food from the buffet <laughs> okay <laughs> so after we have been there uh, me and carlos we went up to northern india to a place and i tell you when we came into that that hotel room it was not really even a hotel room it it was a completely not a standard Uh, but we were so hungry we ordered some food and when we got in the food we we could you know we could kind of smell and taste that it is not really the, the same kind of food as on the other hotel we started to eat it and we had hardly finished the meal before we felt like God help us there is something happening here I mean this food there is something very special about this food And I I, I think that was my first mission trip when I have been away from my wife since we got married. But I tell you, that night, I was hugging the toilet harder than I have ever hugged my wife so far. I was hugging that toilet all that night. I was shaking, sweating. (sighs) It was the worst, maybe the worst night in my life. I was an adult man and I was almost crying. That means that you have some tears in your eyes and you feel. Uh, I was laying in the bed shaking that whole whole night, couldn't sleep. In the morning, we 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 had decided, okay, the next day we will have a fast and prayer. So my friend Samuel Strandberg, he was knocking the door five o'clock in the morning. He was walking in and then he was walking out very quick. And in morning, what have you guys done here? And we're like, oh, <laughs> you don't even want to know. He closed the door and said, I pray by myself today. And, and, he, and, and he went out. I was so sick. And I understand that, that with food, it is not just about having a hunger, but it's also about what you eat. And that is important. What you eat. I think it's good we've been speaking about having a hunger for more of God and we've been speaking about how, how you are protected, you're under protection when you're hungry for more and I, I, I have also been speaking about how, how you can be qualified to serve God by hunger. Today I'm going to speak about what you are eating and what your God-given hunger is. You know, when we speak, some people speak about a life calling, that we have a call in our life or that we have a, we have a must. There is something deep inside of us that we just know that God has created us for a purpose. We have a, a must. We have something. We feel, I need to do this with my life. There is a drive on your inside. There is a God-given hunger, I think. A God-given hunger for some specific things in our life. Some people might call it calling or, or, or destiny or something like that. But I, I know that when, when we speak like this, some people will feel like, oh, that sounds very spiritual. I haven't had a vision. I don't know what my life calling, in, calling is. But I want to say that it is not, you know, supernatural things is, is not always so supernatural. It is supernatural it is much more natural than you expect and, and and I have experienced many times how that hunger for a certain direction have often been leading me into the calling God had for my life when I had been studying in Bible school and leadership school here in the church I, you know I had such a longing to teach the word of God and so every lesson in Bible school and leadership school I was I was taking notes so that I could one day teach it okay Because I was longing to teach the word of God. So I was taking all the notes I could. I wrote books. Because I wanted to one day be able to to teach this. Why? Because I had a God-given hunger to one day teach the Word of God. When I was done with the Bible school, I felt like I I want to stay. I want to continue. So I I started to just serve in Bible school. I was doing administration. I was doing the finances. I was translating. I did everything you can ever imagine on the Bible school. I served in all areas. And, And then after a couple of years, I started to think like this at times. Um, I, I had a longing to one day lead the Bible school. I was longing to to like be the one in charge and lead it. And and every time I I, I was thinking that I felt felt this is probably pride in my life. I shouldn't think this way. There is someone else at this principal and leading the school. This is pride. I shouldn't think like that. But one morning when I was home praying, I was just praying. And i heard the voice of 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 god clearer than i had maybe ever heard it before and he said one day you will lead a bible school i heard it super clear and then i understood that my drive or my god-given hunger on the inside it was not just my thoughts but it was something god had given me god have things he'd been given you he'd been given you desires he'd been given you talents he'd been given you gifts that you should use to serve his kingdom with for some of you it is in the sport you know doing sports for some of you it is with computers or with music or with business to start company It, it, it can be a lot of different areas but God have given you gifts that he want to use and maybe you wonder why am I always so excited and so hungry about working with this maybe God gave you that because you should use that to serve him with Are you with me? So today I want to speak about a God-given hunger. But it's not just about being hungry for more of God and and living this God-given hunger. Because I believe that that hunger in your life can make or break you. It can make you or it can break you It can be your greatest blessing or your greatest curse it can be your best friend or worst enemy that hunger have the power to to to, to uh, have the power and the force to lead you into everything that god has th- uh, meant for you but it can also lead you wrong if you don't handle it right so how do you handle your hunger what do you do with the hunger god have given you you know you can build a great company but lose your kids you can, you can win the world but lose your marriage. You can uh, accomplish all your goals but live a miserable life and feel, why am I even living? Because you feel it's so miserable. You can be, have such a hunger and always going to the next thing and next thing and next thing. And you're so hungry for more that you never see the blessings God has given you. You never stop to reflect and say, wow, God, thank you for doing this in my life. So you never enjoy what He is doing in your life. Your hunger can be your greatest strength or it can be your enemy. Today we're going to speak about how you can handle your hunger because it can make you or break you. And the good news is that when we read the Bible, we find some people that made some mistakes that we can learn from. And they can be our teachers today. They na- their name is, is Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Isa, and they are grandsons of the famous Abraham. I think everyone here, if you're a Christian or not, know who Abraham is or have heard about Abraham at least. Abraham is their grandfather. Abraham's son, his name is Isaac. And, and Isaac and his wife Rebecca, they're struggling with the same thing as Abraham was struggling with. They are longing to have children, but they cannot have children. It's a God given desire that I think everyone more or less will one day face and long to have kids my wife is longing for it a lot we have three already you know it's okay but (laughs) so there is a God-given hunger but he have watched his dad Abraham doing a mistake he he used his God-given hunger uh, in the wrong way he went into another woman made a uh, got a child through another woman And Isaac had watched how much pain his parents went through because of that mistake. So you don't want to do the same thing. He's turning to God. He's praying. And now Rebecca, his wife, is able to have children. And when she gets pregnant, she feels there is something in the stomach. I mean, it's often something in the stomach when you're pregnant. But she feels there is something going on inside. And she's praying and asking, God, what is happening inside of me? And she got this answer from God. We go to To Genesis 25 and 23. God says this. He says that two nations are in your womb. And two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other. And the older will serve the younger. So she understands that she will have twins. And if I understand the concept of twins right. It is like double of everything. I remember when I got my first son. I don't want to want to warn anyone but it is a shock you know I was like whoa is this how life will be like and with diapers and food and strollers and da 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 it 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 changed my whole life and and if you would have two I can just imagine that that surprise like how life would change and just just naming children for me and my wife it's been a long process you know like As soon as she she gets pregnant, she starts with a list, she's writing down names and she's every day, you know, asking me, what do you think about this name and this name and this name and and I have so hard time liking names because I always know a friend that has that name and I don't want to think about them when I think about my kids and, and you want to find these perfect names, it's like nine months before you find the right name and now you should name two. How do you do that? But in Israel, they are so smart. So they just named them by something that they are associating them with. The first one that came out, he was very hairy. So they named him hairy. <laughs> the second one came out and he was holding the heel of his brother coming out of, of, of her womb. <laughs> so they call him the heel hauler or the one that is holding the heel. It could also mean deceiver. So here is Isa uh, Isa and Jacob. It is their Hebrew name. Isa is the hairy. And Jacob means the one that is holding the heel or the deceiver. That is their name. I mean, they are pretty smart. And Isa is the firstborn. And that is a big deal in Israel for 3,800 years ago. Because the firstborn son was going to be the head in the family. The headman or the, the in, in charge of the family in the future and the priest in the family, but he was also going to have a double portion of the inheritance, and that was a big deal when your dad was Isaac, that was super rich. So that means that you would have millions and millions more than your siblings today, today, if you measure compare it with today. And not just that, the third thing that you got if you were the firstborn was that you also get the inherited blessing that God once upon a time gave to Abraham. And that was not a small blessing, my friends. He'd been telling Abraham that I'm going to make a new nation out of you and everyone that is blessing you I will bless and everyone that is cursing you I'm going to curse and all people living on the whole earth is going to be blessed through you I mean it's not a small blessing and that means that the firstborn son is going to inherit all of this okay so it's a big big thing Esau and jacob has this promise over their life that one day a people or a nation is going to come through them and i would go i i would call that their god-given hunger you can call it calling you can call it destiny or you can call it a god-given hunger they were always going to feel this is what i'm made for this is the reason why i'm created and put in this earth A new nation, a new people is going to come through me. That is their God-given hunger and that is what they are longing for. If we speak about us as a church, uh, we have received a vision from God. We have received a God-given hunger. And and, and that hunger is always something, it it is a direction. It's not really a destination, it is a direction for us as a people. And we have the vision to be a church that is for all people, to all people. Nations that is living the book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. That means that we have something inside of us that is is speaking about multiplication. We are longing to plant more churches. We are longing to impact this city. We are longing to see thousands of people coming to this church and be saved through this church. We are longing for the day when we are baptizing 50, 60, 70 people on a Sunday. We are longing for the day when we have life groups in every part and area of this city and in every suburb. We are longing for that day when we can speak into this nation and speak into this city. We are longing for that day. We are longing for more because God has placed a vision inside of us. He has been giving us a God-given hunger that will continue to kick inside of us until we see it complete because God has something more. That means that we will never be satisfied with anything less. We are longing for that day when people are coming from all over Sweden just to receive their miracle because they know that we believe in the power of God. They know that we are praying for this we know that they know that we're casting out demons and leaving the book of Acts in his church right so so there is a vision given from God and when you have a vision from God you will not be satisfied with anything less that is what Isa and Jacob is experiencing now there is something kicking on the inside or have a drive a hunger on the inside and I know that you also have a personal desire we have something as a church family we are longing for but you have a God given hunger in your life God wants to use you with your gift specifically to see things happen are you with me so what is your God-given hunger what is it that you feel I cannot flee from this this is why God created me and put me on this earth okay we're going to to look into the life of Isa and Jacob so I want you to go to Genesis 25 and 29 or just follow me by uh, on the screen here all right It's written that once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. Um, Famished. He said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I am famished. That's why he's also called Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. He's sneaky, huh? Jacob. Uh, He's a deceiver. He's someone holding... He's brought it by the heel. Look, I'm about to die, Isa said. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Isa some bread and lentil stew. He ate and drank, and he got up and left. Isa despised his birthright. And he had just been finishing up the most expensive meal I think a man have ever eaten. And he paid it for red lentil stew and bread. I mean, I can think about something better if I should spend my birthright. He's spending maybe millions of crowns on that that food. Don't do that. My first point is this. Don't give up your God-given hunger for temporary pleasure or comfort. Don't give it up. God has something great in store for you. God has a calling on your life. Don't sell that. Don't give up what God has created you for. To eat some lentil stew, to eat some bread. You know, your calling is, wor- is worth far more, far much more than this. Hebrews in the New Testament is, is actually taking up and speaking about Esau and mentioning him in a negative way. He says that, see, see that none is sexual immoral or regardless like Isa, who for a single meal sold his inheritance as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit his blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what had been done. Uh, Isa's temptation, his his temptation was to try to... Uh, his temptation was to, to uh, or, or he was living too much in his selfishness. Uh, he was giving up everything by just temporal comfort. Um, Jacob was very different. He, it was not his big temptation. His temptation was to try to win God's approval. It was to try to accomplish what God's purpose for his life with his own methods. He didn't have the patience to wait for, wait for the timing of God. Same thing as Abraham had when he was going into another woman to have children with instead of waiting for his own sh- own wife to be pregnant. Jacob is going to try to deceive the blessing to come his way. Uh, he is in, in the future. He's I'm taking this story short because otherwise I will preach into tomorrow. Uh, but but uh, later on in life, his dad, Isaac, is going to hand over the blessing that was once given to Abraham. And and now. His dad Isaac has very bad sight but he has been asking Isa to come uh, with a stew and then he was going to give the blessing. But uh, Jacob hears about this and we know that Jacob is someone holding around uh, a around heel or he's a deceiver and he's dressing up in, in a furry. He's, you know, in a furry. And he's sneaking into his dad that is now blind. And his dad says, you sound like Jacob. No, 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 I'm Isa. And he said, come closer. And, and then, then he touched him and started to feel him. And he feel like, yeah, you are really hairy. You are for sure my firstborn son. That's give us a hint how hairy Isa was. So, so he's deceiving his dad and he's receiving the blessing about being a blessing to all the people. He, and, and often been deceiving to receive this. He's afraid of his brother because he knows that when his brother finds out, I'm in trouble. So he's now fleeing to Haran. Are you with me? He's fleeing to another place. He's, he's meeting with some relatives. And when he's there, he sees this beautiful girl, Rachel. Woo, Rachel. And he looks into her eyes and, wow, what a girl. And he asks his, his dad Laban and, So, what do you think, like, Rachel, um, I mean, um, can I, can I, yeah, you can, but you have to work seven years. Seven years is no problem if I can marry her. So, he's working seven years and he says, it's written that, that it was like just a few days because he was so in love with Rachel. And now they had a wedding. He'd been waiting seven years serving his grand—his not grandfather, but his father-in-law. And, and, and now the wedding night comes. And I don't know what they were drinking. It's not written in the Bible. Uh, but that morning when he woke up, it was not Rachel at his side. It was her ugly sister, Leah. And she's waking up. Oh, poor Leah, yeah, poor Leah. And poor Jacob, he's waking up there seeing this sister and he's like labor what did you do and you can almost feel like heaven is saying what you saw is what you will reap you've been deceiving others now you are being deceived and he says but I, I need rachel can we can we switch no it, we cannot really switch but you can work seven other years and he works seven other years now he, marry rachel as well he's married with both of them uh, He's been deceived and they have a lot of drama you can just imagine these two sisters a lot of drama but after a long time, he, he, the calling inside of him, the God-given hunger to be a people, to be a new nation, it's kicking inside of his chest. He cannot really do anything else. Maybe you have felt that there is something dragging you in a direction. Maybe you've been trying to live for yourself, but there is something inside of you saying, no, you should serve God. There is something keeping you almost like a prisoner to the calling that God has for your life. That is what Jacob is feeling. And he starts to go back to his brother's house. And he does it with fear because he don't know if he will be killed or not. And he sends a lot of gifts. He says that it's written that he tried to paralyze his brother. So he's sending a lot of generous gifts ahead of him. So, so, so he, will, he will be so happy when he finally see him that he might not kill him. And that's where we jump into the story. Are you with me? All right. Uh, yes, he he the, the, this point too. Don't manipulate the blessing to come your way. That is the lesson from the life of Jacob. Don't manipulate it. Wait for the timing of God. Okay, we we dive into Genesis thirty-two and verse twenty-two. That night Jacob got up and he took um, and he took two his two wives, the two fame fame female servants, and his eleven sons crossed the the crossed the ford at Jacob, uh, Jabok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, okay? He was left alone on this side of the river. And it's written that a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he couldn't overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Jacob's temptation had been to accomplish the will of God without the methods of God his temptation had always been to try to accomplish his calling by himself but he have tried that and he has he been eating the fruit of it he'd been working extra he had been suffering from being a deceiver but now when he meets with God and is wrestling with God he's saying I will not let you go until you bless me because you have learned that the blessing of God will take me further uh, further than anything else it is not worth to live the life without the blessing of God it is the blessing of god that makes the difference in my life so he's holding on to god and today i think that we as a people we will take hold of god and we say god i'm I, I don't let you go before you bless me i want your blessing more than anything else i don't want to try to accomplish my life in my own power or in my own strength but god i want your blessing and he's holding on to God here and then it's written in verse 27 the man asked him what is your name Jacob he answered then the man said your name will no longer be Jacob but Israel because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome Jacob said please tell me your name but he replied why do you ask about my name and then he blessed him there Jacob had been the deceiver since birth he didn't know about anything else than deceiving other people to try to accomplish the vision God have given him about becoming a nation but now when he been been go through so much pain he's been going through so much he's been making up his mind I'm going to do this but God is going to accomplishing it through my life and after being wrestling with God and being blessed by him his name is changed from being the one that is grabbing around the Healed or the deceiver to Israel, which means God will prevail or God prevails. So that is now His new name. It is Israel. God prevails. There is something that is happening in our in our life when we've been wrestling. We've been going through life, and we realize I cannot do this by myself. I cannot fulfill my God given destiny uh, uh, by my own power but i need god to bless me if i should ever enter into what god has for me and and then god is changing our identity he's removing that old self and something new is coming through us isn't that amazing and 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 i i love this when i'm i've been reading about them and 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 i have seen how how god been working through isa and jacob okay and I believe that your God-given hunger will lead you into a God-given destiny that is what I want to say to you today God has placed a hunger inside of you he's been placing a longing inside of you he's been giving you different gifts and abilities and and joy of doing something and he wants to use that for his glory and for his kingdom but you cannot just do it your way you need to find the wisdom from the word of God and do it his way. But the good news, when, when I came to the end of Jacob's life and his story, I, I read this, you know, he was living a long life and, and he was, in the end of his life, he was now passing on the blessing to his sons. And, and then in, in Genesis 48 in verse 15, we we'll read this. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walk faithfully. The God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. Okay, speaking about God have been with me all the way. I think it is so beautiful. Because it speaks about the grace of God. Even with all of his mistakes. Even though he deceived people. Even though he went through so much pain unnecessary. God was going with him all the way. God never left him because he did something wrong. God stayed with him and tried to guide him right. And in the end of his life, he was able to look back and say, wow, I ended up in what God have called me to. Wow, God accomplished what he wanted through my life, even with my mistakes. And I think that is good news for all of us. Because if we should be honest, sometimes we have all, all been having a little bit of Jacob and Esau in our life. I think all of us sometimes been falling for temptation and we've been eating that, that, that stew, that vegan food, that lentil stew, even when we shouldn't have done that. We ate that bread and we traded something beautiful for something that, you know, we, we traded what we want most for what we want now. Okay, we were hungry. We took it now. We did some mistakes. And all of us have probably been like Jacob at times. We've been trying to manipulate our way or deceive our way or accomplish things, not really in a godly way, but we tried to do it in our way because we couldn't wait for his timing. So I think all of us sometimes are falling short. But then to see their life and see how God was with them still. God was with them through the mistakes. And the end of their life, they could look back and say, wow, God, you have been my shepherd. You have been by my side and your grace have been enough. When my hunger and when my discipline was not good enough, when, I, when, when my faith was not enough, when I failed in different ways, your grace still carried me and your grace took me through and your, your grace has been guiding me still to this day. And, and, and I'm so thankful for the grace of God. Uh, God is going to take you through, but sometimes we need to surrender again. And we we need to wrestle with God and say, God, bless me. God, accomplish your will in my life. I know I have failed, but I trust in your grace and that you can accomplish your will anyhow. Can we stand up together? You have been listening to a podcast from SOS Church Stockholm. If you want to know more about the church or have information about our Bible school and leadership academy, go online to SOSchurch.se. We hope to see you soon at a celebration here in Stockholm or at one of our daughter churches in Gothenburg or Malmö. Have a wonderful week!